Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back, baby. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Fisher Tasapos, DJ Nikki Snacks, Kreider, and the Quan Cosby. Get your horns up, gentlemen, because we just beat Alabama. My hat was on for a long time during the game. My <laughs> neck is extremely sore, but my heart is full. Huge win over Bama. We talked about this for a long time. We felt very confident, eerily confident. We didn't, we didn't fear them, like you said on the last show you were with us, Quan. And that's how our boys played. Uh, and now we have Wyoming uh, at home, which should be a gimme game, but we'll get, and we will get into it. They did beat Texas Tech in double overtime, and they did win their second game. So when we talk about these gimme games going forward, and we before we got on, we were talking about how far can this team go, drinking the Kool-Aid, passing around, everybody taking a swig. We are in a position at the number four team in the nation where we control our own destiny. Um, everything, like, it's ironic because Texas Tech, everything's going to run through Lubbock. Right now, everything's going to be running through the ATX in the Big 12. Uh, like similar to Florida State, where everything's going to be running through them and the ACC, we are two of the two teams in college football that control our own destiny. Um, but an unbelievable win. Quan, you were there, boots on the ground. I don't know if you saw – I know you know McAfee personally. I don't know if you saw any of his broadcast later on, but he was awesome. They did a phenomenal job on their broadcast, but I want to hear what it was like, the atmosphere at the game. Dude, that's what I want to start with. Uh, excluding the amazing finish and how that worked. Take my Longhorn biased and Homer perspective out of it. Mm -hmm. And I'll also say my sample size is not crazy. Although that's okay. not true because when I did the radio, I went to a lot of away games. But I wasn't in the stands. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to top a fan experience. They had, and I'm not even the biggest fan of like a DJ and stuff like that. They had a DJ that controlled certain levels of the lights and they played everything from country to rap to, it was, you know, it's funny because we talk a lot about our atmosphere and Bevo Boulevard and all this stuff. We got big boy coming to Longhorn City Limits. And I think I did a really bad job of telling CDC why it didn't always do it for me. Alabama just answered every single one of those things. Their outside tailgating was great. We've seen it all. But their in-game, their focus is when you get into that stadium. They had the, the red lights. They did this phone thing with lights. They did a phone thing with lights where it looked like a crystal ball. Then all of them dropped, and they did the wave with phones. It was one of the coolest things with some jam music going on. So 
Dude, it was unbelievable atmosphere, excluding my bias. And then you add the way that game went. I mean, again, my sample size is not crazy when I'm not working, but it was one of the best fan experiences I've had. How was the At hostility, all. like in terms of them talking trash? Well, you know, pregame. There's, there's some, I'll tell you what. It's funny because SEC, it means more. I, I, I beg to differ. The amount of horns downs I saw, I mean, there's a healthy level of respect or fear with UT. You know, someone jokingly said on the way to the game, you know, UT has the number one and number two sign, college sign in the nation, horns up and horns down. That's and true. so I was wow. like, ooh, I like that. And, um, <laughs> and so it, it, it was certainly that. But I will say it, it was an age difference. The college kids did it every day, all day, and twice on Sunday. Some of the old schools reluctantly did it, and you could almost see it in their face. And some of them even apologized when they did. When we left, it was, okay, y'all be safe. Y'all kicked our butt. It was, when you think about going to a, a tech or something like that, or even Ohio State, that's the worst of all of them. It was nothing like that. It, Man, you could tell that they were used to winning, so there was a little bit of pouting because of that. But at the same time, there was also a lot of grace and going, you know what? We're very knowledgeable fans, and y'all kicked our butts. Go sure. enjoy. And last but not least, Longhorn Nation celebrate with Longhorn Nation. We didn't throw it in their face. We didn't get in their face. We didn't throw them. We celebrate with ourselves. We high-fived ourselves. We worried about ourselves. And the only negative where we didn't worry about ourselves, Usah, when we scream SEC, we are not going to be that school. I can't tell you. I was sitting next to David Thomas, Ty Harrington, a few of the guys, John, a few Quay that, that I either played with or played before me. And we were just, that was the only time we got a little cringy is when our fans started screaming SEC because truth of the matter is it's not about the SEC. It's about the Longhorns. So that's, mm -hmm. that, that's the, certainly the ways route, but it was pretty freaking cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I think as somebody who is a fan of, probably the greatest dynasty we've ever seen in sports with the Patriots. There are times like you're so accustomed to winning. You almost relish the competition a bit more. Like you want someone to come into your house and give you a game. Like I'm sure it would have, they would have, they would have loved to beat the brakes off of us. They would have loved to kick our ass and get in, get out. Mm -hmm. But going to an, if you're a football fan, which most people are through and through, you want to go to a good game. Like you don't want to be too, you don't want it to be too close where like you're nervous and sweating now, but you want to go see a good football game. You're paying right. some people paying 200, $300, $400 traveling. This is like their big event of the year. You want to see a really good football game. So I, I understand them being a little gracious. I mean, how boring was the OU game last year? I know we smacked the hell out of them, but at the end of the day, like people were just kicking up their feet at halftime and there was really nothing to, to watch anymore. I mean, I had, I had a friend that told me he, the Georgia National Championship game against TCU, and he said he left early. Yeah. Oh, he said horrible. Early. It was so that was a beatdown. That was not fun. <laughs> that was not fun. You know, and, and I, I got to say this because I was talking about the fan experience, and this will make sense. It was – y'all remember when we talk about UT basketball in the mood, in the mm -hmm. Moody Center? This was primetime football with a Moody Center atmosphere. And – Y'all know how long I talked about how great that was. Mm -hmm. So it was the best of both worlds. But yeah, to, to your point, they do want good football. Mm -hmm. They um they did boo they booed their quarterback <laughs> a little bit. And honestly, not even him, they booed Saban because at one point it was like 
like second and 16 and he ran the ball and they're like, boo, what are you doing? No, man, throw the ball. And, and, and which is what we wanted as well. But, uh, they're passionate. They, um, there was some stubborn ones, but I would say if there's a hundred thousand there, well, we had about 15, 20,000. So if there's 80,000 of them there, uh, which the level of respect, and these are the fun things we could talk about that going to the game factors in. They said they, have, they don't, they said, they, okay, now we get it. They weren't prepared for the amount of Longhorns that went to that place. <clears throat> I.e., I talked to CDC, 52 PJs left the Austin airport Saturday morning. Just Saturday morning before the game. We got there Friday. They shut down Tuscaloosa's airport. They shut down Birmingham's airport. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, there wasn't an, an airport within, I think they said, like a, I think it was like a 40, 50 mile radius that was truly operating because there was about 316 PJs, ours and theirs, at the game. My cousin was coming from New York to, to Tuscaloosa or Birmingham, wherever he was flying into. His flight got canceled. They had to fly to Atlanta. They get to Atlanta at midnight. They had to take an Uber from Atlanta <laughs> to Tuscaloosa. Yep. And they got to Tuscaloosa at 3 a.m. Like that, like, and I guess that's why. No, and I mean, that's why it, Matthew McConaughey, as much as he wanted to be minister of culture, he had to take a few loops before they really kind of found a way for him to land. <laughs> and he thought he was landing in Tuscaloosa. And they were like, dude, the one runway you could truly land with, it's full of planes. Yeah. Send him to Birmingham. He wasn't too happy about that. He but. did a couple of all right, all right, all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they said, take your ass to Birmingham. He's like, all right. <laughs> I mean, he, he got he, there anyway. So it was just so many levels to that. And I only brought that up because as much as it, the SEC is real. Well, it will be real. You know, it's cool. It's a great conference. They get it. But we're a blue blood for a reason. Mm. And the hardest place, and of course, LSU would argue this. Um, but one of the hardest places, if not the hardest place to play there, we, the reason they didn't go crazy on us, cause not that they didn't respect us, not that we've earned it in the last few years, but we left there and they were like, I mean, just a nod, like, okay, this is, um, y'all aren't ready for the SEC. No, 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 no. We'll be screaming at the top of our lungs that y'all are already that. And it makes even more sense why you're here. Now, just on the field, we're backing it up. We've always done it as a fan base, but now on the field, uh, we're gaining a lot of respect there as well. Yeah, I just, it's it's interesting. I Every single person that was at Bryant-Denny Stadium that I know that's a Longhorn fan echoed the same sentiment, Juan, that, that you did, that it's a different experience, right? And I, I talked to to Josh and Nick on Sunday. I've, I've never been to Bryant-Denny, but I have been to Death Valley in, in, in Baton Rouge. And when I went there, it was an LSU versus Ole Miss game. It was a different experience. And I'm excited now to go to Bryant-Denny at some point once we officially enter the, the SEC to compare the two um, and then go back to Baton Rouge and watch our horns play, the LSU Tigers, and the variety of other you know incredible stadiums and atmospheres in the SEC. Um, but I also heard the same sentiment, the, the collective sentiment from all the Alabama fans that I knew that it was, okay, this Texas team is legitimate. And we know legitimate football and also our quarterback is not legit. They, <laughs> I, I, and, and I honestly, like my outlook on Jalen Milrow was like, there were certain times where I was very impressed. I think we all knew he had a good long ball. I think he, he delivered that in the game and he's a phenomenal athlete. I mean, like 
our yeah, edge yeah. rushers put a lot of pressure on him. We tried to hold the edge as much as we could, but we could only contain him to a certain respect. I mean, that guy is just too, too fantastic as an athlete to, you know, to not make some plays with his legs. But the way that I looked at it in comparison to the way that the Alabama fans looked at it was like, no, this guy sucks. Like you don't <laughs> understand, but it, but it all has to do with like the levels of what we've seen and like the appreciation right. of talent and, yeah, and to hear them. To right, you, right. You, and exactly. And not only that, he wouldn't, they, they wouldn't want to play against him. And, and, that, and that's the truth of the matter. Um, he's an athlete. Yeah. He's an athlete. He's still young. He's year two. Mm. Or three. Well, he, well, no, he was. I mean, no, it's his actually started. right. Either way, he wasn't playing last year except for a few games where, where playing, Bryce so got hurt. Really right? like, his, you know, truly starting, this is it. So that's the funny thing. When you've won that much, you forget that. I mean, he's game two of actually being the starter for, <laughs> for, for Bama. And it's if you won that much, you get a little spoiled and, and you're like, oh, he sucks. But no, the dude made plays. You're exactly right. He'll drop the ball and then throw a dime, but then he missed some other ones. And so. It's they're not doing it on purpose, but it can seem like a little backdoor slight to us. But they haven't been used to eight dudes doing their job on that level. They did not expect their old line have never taken a beating like that since LSU, since Georgia. At the end of the day, there's about, you know, quite frankly, I know we're number four, but far as D line, there's about six teams that might have that level depth. And so I think there's a lot of reasons he didn't look as good. And by game eight, I think they're going to be like, damn, thank, thank goodness we didn't bench him or do something different. Saban is not his first rodeo. And so he needs this guy to get reps. He needs those battle scars. And that guy's going to be pretty pretty good because his legs are already there. Yeah. And we saw those. I mean, again, very similar to Quinn last year. We are like, ah, there's certain things he's already there with, but he needs to develop now. This was a game that he absolutely did it, and he made some plays. And some of the deep balls were just – they got where they needed to get to. Some people were like, is that too much air? Is that not? I don't give a hoot, Nanny. Just keep throwing them and keep connecting on them because what you do have is very elite receivers that's mm-hmm. going to try to find the ball. Mm-hmm. Say that loosely because there's I still think there's way too many drops, but they made more plays than drops, and that's what we want to see. Yeah, no doubt. And, and for Milrow, I mean – of course, you want to beat a guy like that who decommits from Texas, right? It looks like we picked the right guy and he chose the wrong school. Um, but, you know, I, we mentioned this um, when, we, when we broke it down on uh, Sunday, but I was most impressed with Anthony Hill's performance, you know, getting out there. I think he only played 20 snaps, but got two sacks. I think he, he had seven tackles or something crazy like that. And I was telling the guys, like, you know, I'm sure he's pretty happy that he decommitted from AM and mm-hmm. he's a longhorn now because they, you know, they didn't Oh, have- dude, I, I think I, for- I forgot that he was committed to AM. Yeah, yep. bro. Well, and, and that's another subject to talk about. And, and, dude, when you have fun games, you nerd out on everything. Saban's D line, say, put it like this offensive line and D line, we outplayed them. Like, it wasn't even close. We mm-hmm. absolutely destroyed them. As much as we bring up AM and decommits, I think Saban, what we talked about, his struggle bus right now is all those guys that Alab- that A&M got. I mean, they had the number one D-line class, what, two, three years ago. Saban didn't get. So some of his struggles were putting all his eggs in those baskets. He didn't land them while him and Jimbo were going at it. And 
it's now showing. That usually take mm-hmm. a year or two to show you get rid of a big class like he did last year. And so as much as we're appreciative that Anthony Hill came us because it's, it's working out, and even as a freshman, he looks way better than, sadly, those two- and three-year D-linemen that a and got and aren't getting, um, you know, developed. So it's like this full circle of yeah. all looks good for the Longhorns, and hell, we'll take it. We have a couple – I'm just going through snap counts because Nick brought up Anthony Hill's snap count. We had, with guys over 20 snaps, 17 players with 20-plus snaps which is pretty wild. Our highest rated player on PFF was Byron Murphy. So you talk about how guys like Ethan Burke and Anthony Hill are contributing and and making the most of their opportunities as young freshmen. When you have a nose tackle like that, I mean, just go back to the Patriots, like Vince Wilfork, as good as Richard Seymour was and as good as these edge guys were in the New England Patriots, the most important player in the Patriots defense in their dynasty history was Vince Wilfork. When you have a guy like that clogged in the middle, and Quan, you, and Quan, Nick, you guys played the game like clog. How important from the other side? Like when you have a guy clogging the gaps in the middle with the, between the guard and the center and taking the double teams, guys like that on the edge, like Anthony Hill and Burke, who are super talented. And Burke is so long, they're going to capitalize. I mean, on the line and on the offensive line, we had four guys, four players rated eighty plus on PFF which is absolute on pass block, which is absolutely nuts. Last year, we had, last week, we had none. Our highest was a running back. Christian Jones demolished people. Kelvin Banks demolished people. Connor, oh. Majors, like all these guys yeah. were absolutely studs in the offensive line. And we talked about Quinn Ewers. You know, maybe he missed a couple throws here and there. He wasn't absolutely perfect. Well, PFF begs to differ. He was a 90 grade, and he, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, he's got a 99 and he wouldn't drop the ball. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's Nick. You said, you say, when we talk about the Heisman, you spoke to a guy who votes in the Heisman and he talks about voting in the Heisman on the big games. And this was by far and away our biggest game this season. We knew it to be at least on paper. And Quinn Ewers really looked like a pro like Shadur Sanders, Penix Jr. And obviously Caleb Williams, like these guys have been showing out in the PAC 12 and we've been talking about the Heisman's probably going to live in the Pac-12. Well, if Quinn Ewers keeps delivering like he's been delivering, and those and we I rewatched the game and I rewatched the Xavier Worthy long ball and the AD Mitchell. By the way, holy cow, what a snag by us! No pun intended yeah. for AD Mitchell. The long ball right there on both those plays. We we've been begging for the long ball. Beautifully caught, beautifully thrown. Absolute, absolute dimes in the end zone. So really awesome. Dude, it really just, was. And I rewatched the game too. And I'm going to go to the offense, but sweat. Talk oh, about sweat. Those Sorry, yeah. The well, we have two, two I, I, 300 pound guys up dude, the middle. Like, exactly. I, when and, was the last time we had two 300 plus pound guys that were he that got talented? Doubled like, on at least three or four plays, beat the double team, and made tackle for loss. Alabama, the entire game, had two tackles for loss total. Sweat did that by himself at least three times, beating a double team. Oh, zero sacks. Let's, let's not forget about that when talking about that. But, no, talking about A.D. Mitchell and the snags they did and the plays they made, and a guy that we talked about on this podcast and we haven't even brought up, Mr. Sanders, J.T. Oh, if yeah. J.T. has a good game, we win. And he had a phenomenal game. Phenomenal. 100-plus, 5 And he got a, he had a catch, catch called back. Yes. Exactly. Huge. He could have went for like 160. And and quite frankly, he's uncoverable. They have a really good tight end, too. So how cool is it? Yeah, he scored his touchdown, but 
how cool is it for that freshman to say, you know what, I got you, bro. I, I'm that dude out here. And and a little bit weird because at times, at least out of three or four of those catches, maybe three, the dude was like stupidly wide open. So the combination of his abilities and Sark, how about him? I mean, I know we're giving the players their due, as you should, because they made plays and had their drops or whatever, but what a freaking aggressive, cool, damn good play uh, called game on both sides of the ball. PK, Sark, kudos, man. That, that, was, that was well done on the road and well executed for the most part. Yeah, hundred percent. All three phases, honestly. Special teams too. We talked about that on on Sunday when we did the the fresh recap right after the game. Like we we were excellent execution wise on in every phase. Of well, the we did miss a field goal. We did miss a field goal. Look, oh look, boy, he hooked it to the left on one. Because Burson great though. Burson good. It should have been sixteen, sixteen. Um, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! It should have been. Like it should have been twenty one. It should have been twenty one. If their freaking kicker wasn't so good, I probably wouldn't have noticed it as much. But you're right. The reason the Alabama fans are just going, huh, there was a damn good football game on both sides. And the better team in the end said, we all got worried that third quarter still wasn't great. And then we just put up, what, 28 in the fourth? Like, hold up, bro. Or not, what do we say? We had 13 and ended up 34? Yeah, we, well, we could have had more. We left oh, points on the board. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Left points on the board. Um, I do want to say another wild thing from the whole Alabama, Texas going to recruiting. Ryan Williams, who's one of the top recruits in the nation, a five star Alabama commit, is now visiting Texas after this game, which is I mean, look, that like we talk about it all the time, but that is like to a T like what you want. Dude, it's exactly what you want. Listen, y'all said it. Quinn looked good. If I'm sitting there in the stands, amazing atmosphere, love it, it's cool. Ooh, he's throwing it a lot better than he's throwing it. Oh, and then we have this guy coming behind him called Arch Manning. Um, I need to think about this school. Um, and, 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 and I'm going to tell you, one of the reasons Saban didn't pull Milro is because it's a little thin behind him. Mm-hmm, yeah. you got a room full of five-star quarterbacks. And then you have one dude who's a four and an athlete and figuring it out. Hopefully he continues to develop, but you'd be crazy. Listen, I wouldn't tell a lot of people this, but there's another school down the street that if I was coming out during that time and they were balling out and they have Heisman Trophy winners, I really would have strongly considered that school versus Texas. That's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. Thank God I chose Texas, but I considered OU. They had beat us five years in a row. It's just being honest. And so – Fortunately, certainly in that situation, and I think a lot more in recruiting, those who went to that game, those who watched that game, we go take care of business this weekend and go into conference play like we need to. It's going to it's gonna be a lot of flips. Yeah. I mean, it would have been sad to see you. I mean, we wouldn't have been boys if you went to Oklahoma. So that would that would have been a real that would have been the of your losses. That would have been that would have been maybe not yeah, the highest, you, but for us, that would have been number one loss. You, you and uh, Lendy Holmes would be would be doing the podcast together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or 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 Roy Williams is massive. Yeah, yeah. I still can never get over Roy Williams' arms. They're the biggest arms I've ever seen in my entire life. Dude, they took it I, well, like Lamar Houston went to the. Um, we'll have to get him on here. Yeah, to talk about some of his stuff. He went to the game with us, had a phenomenal time. When he get on here, you'll see. Okay, all right, never mind. You surpassed Roy, and then he's talking about, oh, I just do push-ups. 
bull crap. <laughs> it ain't no put, bro. If you were in jail, it makes sense. But those some jailhouse. <laughs> but uh, no, man. And, and but I will say this: Lamar is funny because we're walking with him, and I remember telling him and David Thomas, one of the best tight ends to ever go through UT. Sorry. I was like, you know, our guys, and this is me saying it like I didn't play, but I was like, our team looks a lot like y'all again. I, I was like, they, they really do. They look, our D line looks like Lamar. It looks like Henry. It looks like Frank Ocamp. Um, Our tight end, I didn't know this, but DT was telling me when they played in tech a few years ago, here, here goes JT, he's a freshman. He goes and seeks out DT, introduces himself and says, you are phenomenal. I, I, I want to, you know, learn from you. And, and he's now, I had no idea because DT moved back to Lubbock, but He's serving as a mentor. I've never, mm. I mean, you would think David Thomas, who is so even killed when, when, when JT made a play, it was like, he was yelling for his son. So it's so many little things culturally and within programs that you start to see falling in place. And I didn't even know about that as much as I'm around that day. I'm like, it makes perfect sense, but it's cool to know that these things are happening behind the scenes yet they're matriculating to, to, I mean, how great a blocker is JT? Well, so was DT. And I was like, where did he get that mindset from? Is it just him? Now, he is a dog, but to hear from somebody mentoring you that has Super Bowl rings and caught 11 balls in the National Championship, that helps. Yeah. Massive. That gave me chills. That gave me chills. When you you mentioned the, the Bama guys potentially flipping, I loved Keelan uh, Robinson at the end of the game. You know, telling the, telling the recruits, hey, you want to come play ball? Come to Texas. Like, like At least one of them listened. Yeah, and, and he was a guy who was committed to Bama, right? And so mm -hmm. he's been there firsthand. But we have a really big weekend coming up against Wyoming. We've got to keep the the uh, foot on the gas pedal because we have a lot of recruits visiting as well. Colin Simmons mm -hmm. is going to be in town. Ryan Ringo is going to be in town. Uh, a couple of five stars from the 2025 class are going to be in town. So, nice. you know, it's a big weekend for recruiting. I mean, on all fronts always. And, of course, you got to continue to build on momentum and – head into a uh, big 12 conference play undefeated, baby. That's the goal, Dude, I'm man. Telling you, uh, and, and speaking of culture, recruiting, Keelan, all those, we talk a lot about leadership. We talk about things like that. And, and we've mentioned the, the shift and the change in that. I was uh, fortunate enough to talk a little bit um, with CDC and, and, and Jay Hart's our president and stuff afterwards. And CDC almost choked up going into the locker room afterwards because he said, and again, CDC has been around, but TCU was fine. They, they won a little bit. He was at Rice. No, they did beat U of H, but they're not. But to see a program on this level, I think even as even at this level, he's like, I've never experienced that, and this is different. But what he almost choked up about was Sark's comment afterwards. And now it's public, so we could talk about it. But he said, hey, listen, guys, we expected to do this. Don't let this be the best thing that ever happens for the rest of the season. This is a massive brick we just, you know, put down here, but we're not done building. Talking about Wyoming, talking about recruiting, building on it, coming back home for a night game. I mean, LHN's going away, so after Bama, after letting it, putting the SEC on notice, coming back home and having a cool game, maybe the only one on, you know, your own TV. It's just so many things universally that it's going to fit for this. You got the Hall of Honor game. It's just that place is going to be insane Saturday. So the recruits that may have went to Bama or considering them and saw a phenomenal atmosphere, I have zero doubt they're about to see the same, if not 
even more in DKR this weekend. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you bring up two things I think are really important. First of all, oh, we play Rice. Oh, JT Daniels has been around the block. Easy gimme game. They put up 43 points. And I know Houston's defense is typically very porous, but they're going to the Big 12, Houston. And Rice at home won and took care of business against the Cougars, and they put up 43 points. So that tells me, hey, wait a second. Rice ain't no slouch. They're not like a walkover, give me game, FCS game. They are a competitive team that could play some football. Now, you also bring up – it just took me back to like Dan Campbell on Thursday night after the Lions beat the Chiefs. His speech in the locker room was, we expected to do this. Are you guys surprised? Like they expected to go into Kansas City and win that football game. And that's the NFL mentality. That's Jared Goff's mentality. Everyone's giving him flack. But Jared Goff came into our house, if I do remember correctly, and beat us. Right. You have to go into every game. And Q, I'm sure you were around how many guys, every guy that started and played on that Texas football team when you were there, that went into every, even the games you didn't win. Every single football game you expected to walk out with a W. There was no other option. And so now with that mentality, Wyoming, Tech, OU, who, by the way, is going to be a lot harder than last year. They are no walkover sure. either. You cannot go into you not you can't go into Dallas and think it's gonna be 49 nothing again. You have to have the belief that you must win and should win every football game. And then on that back, like I want to get into some some takeaways or some things like you are looking for because we could always grow. You know what I'm saying? We could always grow. And like I I cover USC on you know writing and I asked Lincoln, I was like, is there anything not clicking on offense for you guys? They put up 56, 66, and 56 points. And he laughed in my face. As did, I mean, Caleb laughed in my face for a different reason because he thinks everything's <laughs> clicking. But Lincoln laughed in my face. He's like, of course, there are things that are not clicking. You know what I'm saying? So we'll start with you, Toss. Like, what's one thing in this Wyoming game that you're looking to see that maybe we haven't seen in our first two games? Um, well, one thing is I'll just mention, we talk about this all the time. When, when we have a team that we're lined up against, you know, we talk about betting spreads often, right? Like mm. we're, we're 29 point favorites in this game. We always say it, great teams cover right? Like this is where the expectations for our team. Now that we're the number four team in the nation, um, they will be in our face and they will be these big numbers. And it's not, look, we don't have to cover this game. We just need to win. It's all about racking up wins. We know that, but if our team is executing on offense with the preparation that we have and the talent, then, you know, covering should be something that's possible for us. I'd love to see, you know, I love those deep balls that y'all are mentioning. I love the AD Mitchell snag. I love the Xavier worthy. Um, I mean, the loft on the ball gives me a heart attack every time I see it. And maybe it's just because <laughs> the cameraman doesn't know how to cover it. Um, <laughs> but, but I think, you know, I, I asked this of, of our squad. I want to see us dominate a game on the ground. I want to see um, said Baxter dominate a game on the ground. And I want to see Jonathan Brooks dominate a game on the ground. So I think I'd love to see, you know, us rack up 250 rushing yards against a team like Wyoming. I think it's possible. I think our guys can break out to that second level, especially Brooks with his speed. Baxter is more of a bulldozer, bulldozer but you know, he, he can jet pass guys too. And, and I'd love to see Keelan get more involved on the offense. I, I want us to, to tap into every single weapon so that when we play teams that are, you know, tougher than Wyoming. And of course, you know, one week at a time here, but we have unlimited amounts of just options at our disposal, because I think what was so evident to me is that Sark, he is acknowledged as one of the game's best offensive minds for a reason. Mm-hmm. And we saw it in, in full action against Alabama. And I want us to be absolutely unpredictable, absolutely unpredictable. So, so they never know what's coming. 
Um, so the rushing attack is, is what I'm going to see in this game. Yeah. Q yeah, I'm gonna, or Nick. Well, I was just going to piggyback off that. Cause that was, yeah. that's what I was going to say is uh, I want one of these guys to go for at least a hundred yards. And I know that, you know, we've, we're splitting the carries up a lot, but the identity of our offense for so many years has been ground and pound. Right. And, you know, get big chunk plays with Bijan and Deontay Foreman and uh, even games when we had Chris Warren back there. I mean, the, there, there are guys that are capable of going for 200 yards, but I definitely want to start by seeing one or both these guys going for 100 yards. And it's it's a good time to do it against a team like Wyoming where, you know, you're predicted to to win by a lot. And then secondly, to change it up just a little bit, uh, haven't seen a lot of Isaiah Naor yet, and this is his revenge game, right? This is his old team. So I uh, would love to see him catch a couple of passes, maybe one for six, and, um, you know, see if we can get him implemented in the offense a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Q. Yeah, I'm gonna spend on that actually because I didn't think about that, but I, I do hope he gets some time. Uh, it's tough out there because of what you know Worthy and Mitchell is doing. But I was gonna say Jay Witt. You know, I really I, Jay Witt made some very timely and great plays during that Bama game. But I think he's probably averaging four catches. I want to see eight, maybe a couple of touches. I, I want to reward him for coming back because I, mm-hmm. I remember the catch in the middle that Quinn threw a beautiful ball. It, there was massive, and then he made a play, and then he turned it into 14 more yaks. And so he has that ability. So maybe a little bit more of a of a um, focus on Jay Witt. I know that's tough. I mean, it's 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 you know we got first world problems with all the receivers we have out there. But to your point, Toss, give him more film to watch. Make a defensive coordinator just scratch his head and go, "What do we do? You know, how do we do it?" Um, Quinn is still, I mean, you're talking 70, 80% when he's getting blitzed. Like, dude, they're, they're going to get to the point where they can't blitz him. Oh, and then you don't blitz him, and you have one of the best old lines in 20 years, you know, re- really 15. And so there's a lot of things that can happen on the offensive side um, from that standpoint. And then to, to be very nitpicky is drops happen. Football's not a perfect game. Um, which is also why it's that much, you know, more important how we whip them, not playing even close to a perfect game. Mm-hmm. But drops in the end zone are taking points off the board. We can't do that when we get into conference play. We can't do that if we want to be a championship level team. And so just being, I mean, just knowing that level is so funny. If y'all are listening to me and DT, there's, again, there's probably two things that we're most annoyed with. During the game, it got to the point where we couldn't even watch the replay when we'd see a drop. And 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 it's just it's truly a pet peeve. But then secondly, the SEC thing. So I think those little things will so someday matter. And so, like yesterday in practice and all the above, and as you're trying to get better, that's a you drop the ball, you're gonna get cut in the league. So it, have a conscious, have a that same hate to lose over liking winning perspective and drops. It it, it should just really be in your veins and heart and, and, and almost everything you do if you want to do it on a championship level. Well said. Yeah, uh, really well said. And I, I'll, I'll say this too, like on a, I'll, I'll go to the defensive side of the football because I'm with you on the drops. I'm with both y'all on the running attack. Like Brooks is starting to show me like what we thought he could potentially be. He had some really clutch runs, really clutch runs at the end of the game, just bulldozing guys and, and, and taking guys with them. Uh, I want to see our defensive line, as good as they have been, uh, really finish on the pass rush, really f- not let you know the quarterback break free, free. finish on the pass run, uh, on, the, on the run defense. 
um, our best run defensive graded players are all in the defensive backfield, who, by the way, we haven't given Baron Thompson, Watts, who I love, Crawford, any credit, but in Catalan, who's transferred over and looked really good against, you know, from Arkansas, all those guys had really fantastic games and were really uber aggressive. And our defensive backfield was so deep. But I, I want to see the defensive line close just a little bit more if I'm being nitpicky over there. And I want to see the fans keep the momentum up. I was about you know to what I'm say, man, I, I, we, I pulled this I video it up, up because of what y'all said. But what I want to see is <laughs> scalpers galore, not with tickets in their hand. And there was a time, and we don't talk about these little things about our day. That I never saw when we roll in on the bus, I never saw scouts going or scalpers going, I got tickets. All I see was I need four. I need two like begging folks who may mm. have extra so that they can somehow make some money. It's crazy. The little things about your overall program and the state that it's in. That's what I want to see Saturday. I want I, kudos to, I've had a very large amount of folks asking for them. And, and, and especially after the game, I was like, I, some of y'all that have been in Texas, I was like, I feel like Mike Jones, Back then, they didn't want us. Now we hot. They all on us. I was, like, <laughs> just, I was just wearing a Mike Jones t-shirt yesterday. I'm bummed I'm not wearing it now. <laughs> That's a good thing. And we want to keep that momentum. But uh, <laughs> and last but not least, I have a curveball. Yeah. Because it's something I want to talk about. I'm actually going to talk to uh, Sark does a weekly show on Pluckers. And um, I'm the special guest tonight. So I'm going to talk to him a little bit about this. Ooh. And I want to get it started to, to, to right now with us tell me he has to return the favor on the show by the way q yeah for real i'm like well (laughs) i'm gonna throw that out there he keep winning he'll do it in a heartbeat he don't want the tough conversations but if y'all had y'all rewatch y'all watch the game and i know what i have in my mind what was the most and there's no wrong answer let's be real what was the most important thing that happened saturday night i excluding the win I have mine from the jump. Yeah. I would say when they took the lead, 16 to 13, the fact that we responded. Because in the past, that team would have been left for dead and we would have absolutely crumbled. To me, the most important thing on Saturday night, changing culture, change with the coaching staff, change with who, how these guys live, breathe, and want the competition, it seems – when they took the lead and we came right back and popped them right in the mouth and they came back and then we came back and then it was 27, 24 and we're like, Oh no, they got the two point conversion. Here we go again. We came back. Boom. And the defense came out. Boom. The way that team responded. I have never seen that as a Texas Longhorn fan. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I would say scrolling 21 points in the fourth quarter is huge, right? I mean, it's not yeah. really something that we've been doing as of late in terms of the, the last few years of Texas fans, you know, being able to see that. Um, and then winning the sack battle. I mean, we talk about mm-hmm. turnover battle all the time, and but that's something that, you know, we, we win every now and then, you know, the turnover battle, but didn't give up any sacks and sack them five times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huge. My, mine is in the same vein as Nick's it's, it's the sacks. It's a little. It's a little more specific. I think it was in the second quarter. Um, David, is it? Do you pronounce it Benda? How do you yeah. pronounce it? Is it Benda? He got he got blocked by the running back on a play where he broke through. He got he, he popped right back up and he sacked yes. the QB. The Great moment that ball. happened, I knew we were oh winning the game. It was. Yeah. It's that to me. Oh, when that I talked about. Play. That when was I talked a good about call. preparation, preparation and hunger. 
the desire to win, like that is something I haven't necessarily seen or felt. And it was all over the game, right? That was just the one moment that popped into my head. But we're talking about a freshman who got, you know, <clears throat> 20 snaps and he ended up walking into their end zone, looking at their crowd and, and pumping up the crowd. I want to see us protect our home turf like we wanted to beat them on theirs. Um, that is that the play. First, get, like, I got chills just talking about that play right now. That because, is the first yeah. play that any NFL scout is going to show when they talk about drafting him. That was Sunday a player, professional play. Hundred. So that I was. I wish with, I remembered that. That was a great. No, I did. So that was today. so freaking. I've watched it several times now because it, it really was. It was special. Um, and 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 like I said, when I asked that question, there's no wrong answer. All of but. those things are so right. <laughs> they really are. Like those are things we're not used to. But there's a different. And, and you brought up culture, um, Josh. The most important thing I think that happened Saturday. We took the lead. We went up by 10. We kept answering. We go up by 10. We didn't stop. Our defense stopped them. They punted to us. We had between seven and eight minutes left. Alabama did not touch the ball again. When we played with Mac Brown, we called it the five-minute drill. Everybody talks about the two-minute drill because you're going. Tom Brady's the best at it. Uh, you know, freaking um, my man, my homes. You give them two minutes, you're screwed. They're going to go win the game. It's so important. It talks about on Madden. What no one talks about is when you have a lead and you need to get first downs and you're in the best formation in football, victory formation, you did that on the road at Alabama with seven-plus minutes left. Dude, that is called imposing your will, and that is why Saban had the look he did. He was like, holy bleep. That's different. We worked on that often. It was very, we worked on it in the summer. We worked on it in the spring. Because, again, you control, talk about controlling your own destiny. You're controlling the game. We kept getting first downs. We, 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 we fake snapped them into jumping off sides. Those are insane. That, that, that drop in the end zone, I said, damn, is that four, is that four points going to cost us? When you do that at the end of the game? You're talking about four, three, that many points you're keeping because anything can happen. I mean, you saw they were throwing bombs, too. They're a good team. So, in my opinion, the biggest check mark on culture-changing team was getting the ball with seven-plus minutes and Alabama not touching the ball again. God That's what gave me goosebumps that night. I was like, oh, my gosh. This is different. I didn't yeah. realize that, honestly. That's yeah. y'all had such y'all had such good ones. I'm bummed. I thought mine was so <laughs> sick when I I jumped out of the gate when you asked the question. Dude. I thought I no, had no, a but, great one. But Josh, you talked about it, right? Part yeah. of that is Jonathan Brooks's clutch runs. Yeah, he had yeah. some very clutch. I mean, that third one and eight. of those was like third and nine. I was like third and eight. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna have to throw it now. No, he ran the damn ball and got it. For you should have seen the Longhorn fans get in like out of body crazy when he got that first down you should you saw the replays of sark throwing his fist up it was over nick saban used his timeouts it was taking knee time that stadium had people flowing out of there like it was in texas ranch and they're about to pour some cues for some cattle in that mofo it was <laughs> insane moment and at that moment i i went crazy and then i sat down and said Oh, damn. That is going to be the most underrated thing that happens all night and maybe the most important thing that happened all night. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. I do want to say this too. Like when we were, we watched at a bar and when we went up 27, 16, they played shot. Cause there was a lot of time. We, we packed the bar really tight. It was half Oregon, half Texas. And they just, Oregon was up against tech. We were up 27, 16. They played shout and it was like the third quarter. Q, the roof blew off this place. I was sweat. <laughs> this, I got to share my screen because this, I want to show you. I don't know if you saw this. This is us. This is us going crazy at, you see us? Like I have a whistle. <laughs> I have a guy on my shoulder. I have a guy on my shoulders. That's when we're up 10 to three. That's up 10 to three. And you know what? There was a part of me that's like, okay, act like you've been there before. But we sit here on our show all the time asking our fans to get into it. Asking our friends to asking our fans to bring the heat. So, are we going to bring the heat, or are we going to be buttoned up and act like we're supposed to be there and not get too excited? Screw it, get your hopes For up. For me, we act made... like you've been there before is when it's done, and right. we yeah. did. We celebrated with each other during the game. Get bat crazy and go crazy, For sure. and 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 be into it and make it. Again, what's crazy enough? They had some false starts at home, dude. What? That's how yeah. wild and crazy that 15,000 Longhorns that got in um, was. And, and it certainly, it, it was a shocker. It, it truly was to them. And really a healthy kind of respectful shocker. Like, oh, um, again, there's several things that we, we left there with a level of respect. And I said it best as the SEC commissioner was there. They have certainly been put on notice for our trajectory and how we're going to roll into that conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I looked, I mean, I already looked at our schedule for next year and we play some really fun, good games and we don't play. And I, I think a beauty about another thing, you know, kind of just to wrap up what our culture is becoming is, and it show that we can go into Alabama because this is not a conference game yet. We could go into a scheduled game out of conference game that we put on the schedule ourselves, the other university, like we're doing next year, next year, it's changed up. We're going up north. We're going to Michigan. Like we're go we're going to the big house. Like, and you know what? We're good because at, the, at that point we have to play. We're playing Georgia. We're playing Florida. We're playing these teams anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like we might as well throw it all on the schedule because in the Absolutely. off chance we do beat all these teams, like you you come you you enter the world of the Georgias, the Alabamas we've seen in the past. I love how fearless we're becoming again. Versus like walking on eggshells game in and game out. And even playing those games next year, football's tough. It happens. So you have then a 12, 12 team playoff. Um, it's, mm, yeah. You go against the big boys, you go at it. The cannibalistic aspect that can happen when you're playing nothing but blue bloods. But that 12 team playoff still give you a shot to either repeat it. You know, all, all kinds of things can happen in that. So I like that we're still doing that. I don't know that, it, you know, and we'll get into this conversation later. I, instead of playing the Michigans, knowing we're going into the SEC, I'd actually kind of rather play the Big 12. Mm. Play Baylor, play TCU, maybe even Tech. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, hold, hold on to the tradition and rivalries. Of Texas. Yeah. yeah. In the state of Texas, hold on traditions, hold on to rivalries, and everybody wins. And so – uh, I, I like that we do that. I like that we're um, absolutely, literally, dude. We we're, we need to win this weekend. Let's be real about that. But yeah, the crew I flew with, 
have already booked hotels at an arbor. So yeah. it's going to be the same type of trip for a lot yeah. of folks. So it's at the end of the day, we'll end this thing with, damn, dude, we've been doing this for a little bit. And this is a different feeling. It feels oh, yeah. good to be. We've always hoped and wanted to be that nationally relevant. You're number four in the country, man. It's it's real. So embrace it. And um, Sark certainly said all the right things. Don't let this one define us. we got to go back to work. You're going to be there tomorrow at 8 o'clock. And uh, I, I like what I'm hearing in the big city of Austin. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, can see you- it better. When you go see him, Q, shake his hand for us. And, uh, you know, it starts with him. He's, he's, the, he's the leader, right? And, and he sets the tone. So I think we have to acknowledge that. As much criticism as we've had for, for him and the previous head coaches, like a lot, the accountability, the responsibility comes down to the head coach in college football. And, uh, of course, the guys on the field, too, and they have to get it done. But go shake his hand for us and uh, tell him to get ready for this weekend. Can't wait to watch the horns on Saturday, boys. This has been a long one, but a great one. I know. I know. Long one, but a great one. And Q, if you're going to Pluckers and you really want to hype the people up, eat a ghost pepper wing and just like stand up and rip it, dude. And just, <laughs> and just like get everybody. <laughs> I'm not entertained. I'm some Pluckers to go, but I got another dinner after that. And I do that. I'm down. Not probably the night for the next couple of days. No. Yeah. Uh, like Mom, why is, dad, why is dad sick? Uh, dad's podcast friends coaxed him into like taking a ghost pepper wing to hype the crowd up. Uh, hey, by guys, the way, y'all I'm, still young, but yeah. y'all bellies act different. When you get 40, you gotta watch some of that stuff. Crowd, trust me, my my stomach's been weak since like that was 20. It's I feel you. I feel I feel the pain. Uh, amazing stuff though, guys. Super amped for Wyoming. Let's go take care of business. As Toss said earlier. Uh, good teams win, great teams cover. Let's dominate these guys. We're number four, which is so crazy. And it's going to get your fours up in the fourth quarter is going to have a whole different feel. So That's hook them horns, guys. Welcome back to Austin Q. Thanks for repping us out there. And we'll see you guys next time. Fisher DeSopolis, DJ Nick Snacks Crider, and D. Quan Cosby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.